And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of the Glue Guys, Brian is not here, but who is here is Alex Schiffer from The Athletic. Of course, I'm not, Alex and Brian are not allowed to be on the same show, but we had to do a show tonight because we finally know what the Nets' path is to the championship, and it starts in the play-in against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll talk about that coming To the glue guys this is my gear say hello alex can you sing it are you gonna sing it do it i can't do that to brian <laughs> i can't do that to brian hello hello uh this is alex schiffer uh alex of course is the fantastic nets reporter for the athletic of subsidiary of the new york times this is the glue guys brian is not here um poor planning on on really my part now, i am going away on vacation this week that's going to involve me sitting in a car with uh, two boys under four years old, my two boys, and they're going to be screaming. And it's unlikely I'm going to get a great pod in before I do that. So we had to do this late Sunday night, and Alex joined me. Alex has had a really long day. You were on TV. You've written a story. You saw a basketball game. You've looked and poured over the NBA standings like myself and now know the Nets' path. To a championship, Alex. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually going to be on TV as we're recording this. I'm going to be in two places at once. Talk about a talk about a mind serious? blow. Yeah. How, how's that yeah. going to happen? Uh, magic. Um, <laughs> Where magic are I you on from TV? Kyrie. Uh, Fox Five with Jen Williams. Nice Sports Extra. Um, random thing that got me thinking of you talking about uh, you talking about going on vacation. Remember you did the podcast from like. Your car in like the wilderness. What what was that? Do you remember I've, that? That I've, was amazing. I so I've done that a couple of times. One time, um, was well. One time was at the beach, and there was definitely some craziness going on. Another time was in like the middle of nowhere, uh, in the Hudson Valley, and another time was at is in the beaches of Delaware, and it was I was potting at eleven p.m. and a security car was just driving just by me and I could not look more sketchy. Cause if you could paint this picture, think of the glow of a laptop, right? Coming at your face. It's all darkness. And there's just a goofy looking guy with, with a disgusting looking microphone and the glow of the laptop. I mean, I couldn't have looked more ridiculous. Luckily I survived that incident, but yeah, it, I mean, this is just by the podcast life. It's dedication. Alex, you don't know I remember, how, how I remember you, had, you were like using your phone's hotspot and you were like trying to think of it, like put it on the roof of your car to see yes. if it improved the signal or whatever. I yes. think you had your in-laws or something. Yeah. Great material uh, either way. 
Um, thank you. Thank you. So, Alex, after much like after all the discussion that that this team has had trying to figure out the path. I mean, it's been of course the season's been completely ridiculous. It I joked last show that like if there was a multiverse, if there's an actual multiverse, this would be the bizarro like the the strangest one possible that you could have fallen into the Loki with the alligator, um, the alligator Loki that, you know, this team was the one seed for a good chunk of the year when Harden and KD remember James Harden, uh, when James Harden and Kevin Durant led the team, they fell like a rock down the standings when Kyrie continued to be out and Kevin Durant was hurt. Um, and now they are sitting there at the seventh seed uh, waiting to be in the play-in. And we know who they could play if they win that game or if they lose that game and they win the next one. Um, how do you, you – know, obviously, you talked to some of the players, some of the coaches after the game. What was, like, what was the conversation, the fact that it's the Cavaliers that they're playing in the play-in and maybe their path forward? What's their confidence level? Yeah, I don't think they were phased or anything by it. Uh, Kyrie invoked some Marvin Gaye when I asked him about the matchup. He said, let's get it on. Uh, Steph Bondi, the New York Daily News, says Gaye wasn't talking about basketball. How does he know? How does he know? He doesn't know uh, that. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't the, the, in the recording we, booth. We, we, we can't assume in our business. For all we know, Marvin Gaye is a passionate man on the court and in other places, too. He he famously sang the national anthem uh, during like the 1984 uh, All-Star game in Denver. One of the greatest... Um, renditions of the national anthem. And I'm yeah. looking at your face. You don't know this. You don't know yeah. this rendition. It's incredible. He he ch- totally rewrote the song. Essentially, uh, it's amazing. So yeah, he probably was talking about basketball. That that's where that comes from. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. I, I knew someone would understand. See, we get settle <laughs> our differences every now and then. Um, but yeah, you know, the, I asked Steve Nash, like, does it help at all? Um, seeing a team like this where you just saw them Friday, and you know scouting report and all that stuff still pretty fresh and he said yeah but you know it's probably a wash because goes the same thing on their end too so i uh so they seem at peace with it you know they seem confident it'll be interesting if jared allen plays um you know i had that tweet after spencer dinwiddie at the game winner against the nets from uh new jack city spencer dinwiddie putting the nets away in brooklyn i I mean i feel very similar if they were to lose and it's karis levert and jared allen putting the nets away in brooklyn in the play-in but uh but yeah, so I, I think the bigger question is going to be is is does Jared play and what are the implications of that? But otherwise, then it's on to Boston. Yeah, and so I mean, I can already tell you the thought process all going into today. I feel like people are just skipping over the Cavaliers so quickly. At least Nets fans are. I mean, so much of the discussion from people that I've been talking to in the DMs on the Discord and everything like that is you know, analyzing, is it going to be Boston? Is it going to be Milwaukee? Right. And there's not even a consideration that the Cleveland Cavaliers could possibly beat the mighty Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn at home. I will say Vegas put out the odds for that game. Nets are eight point favorites, which is a large line. That's a hefty line. I didn't know that. I thought it'd be closer to six, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if we're being honest again, the Nets of course should win. The Cavaliers have been slumping of late. The Nets are actually kind of ascending, and you know the team is still completely disjointed and discombobulated. But they have Kevin Durant. I don't know if you heard the last episode. Um, I I hope you download them all. 
I download them all. And to be honest with you, I, you guys record so freaking much that sometimes I just can't keep up. So I was, I'm currently listening to the et cetera's with Kevin Durant. Cause that's also important Lame. to my job. Lame. So <laughs> I, I will get to you when I have the time. I guarantee Brian. And I know the team better than Kevin Durant. I can, I can guarantee it. Um, but I said on the last show, do you know the stat of how, what this team's record is with Kevin Durant this year? Good. They have a winning percentage as good as the Miami Heat. Yeah. Who are, you know, the number one seed in the East. Yeah, so can't say the same with, uh, with, with just Kyrie. But just, and that's been the same there. his entire career. Kyrie Irving has, on any team he's been on, if he's the guy, you're not that good, um, ultimately. But if he's your number two, you can win an NBA championship. Um, being really honest, you're, you're a reporter. You're a man of truth and justice. Do you give the Cavaliers like a real chance? Is there? Of course. Yeah. No, okay. absolutely. I mean, look, you know, the, the Nets have proven this year that they can lose to anybody as well as beat anybody. And I mean, the, the Cavs cleaned their clock when they played each other in January. Um, I would argue that the Cavs have had just as bad, if not worse, injury luck than the Nets this year. I mean, look at Colin Sexton, Ricky Rubio. You know, Jared Allen's been out for stretches. Um, and Darius Garland was cooking on them in on Friday. So I, I think that the motivation and care factor will be higher for the Nets, but it's still the play in, not the play off. And it's uncharted waters for Kevin and Kyrie in that sense. You know, someone even asked Kyrie about, uh, about you know, you've played in some of the biggest games. You haven't played in the plane before. You know, what do you think about it? And Kyrie said how... Um, uh, some whoever invented the play-in at the NBA office has to be quote hip hip hooraying in the back room <laughs> yeah. because last year was Steph LeBron and this year they get uh they get Kevin and Kyrie. So no, I, I think I think the Cavs can absolutely make it a game. I mean, if, if Jared Allen plays and they uh and you know Mobley I think is a great rookie. He has looked good in stretches against the Nets this year. I think they have a lot of pieces to make it a game for sure. I still would take the Nets given they're gonna have the better players on the floor regardless. But no, I, I'm I'm not I'm not counting the Cavs out at all. Yeah, I mean the Nets don't really have the luxury of discounting anyone at this point. Um you know, even in the games that they won, Houston Rockets against the Knicks, the Knicks game was almost gonna be a disaster. It was veering towards a disaster zone, of course, then the Nets pull it out. Like I, I did this thing with Brian where, like, what if I told you? And the, and I went through different Like stats. the 30 for 30, man. Yeah, what if I told you? And I and I was like, what if I told you that the Nets on a back-to-back beat two teams in the NBA each by double digits, right, or around double digits? I think there are eight points victories or whatever. Like, th- there's a weird disconnect with this team. I think the fan base is still connected to the idea of what this team looked like last year in the playoffs against the Celtics. They were so devastating when they had Joe Harris and James Harden and Kyrie and KD, like those brief glimmers of hope. And this team just isn't that anymore. Like this team doesn't have that level of dominance. They are an elite offensive team, but not an historically elite offensive team. And I think that there's a difference. Like this year... They have to be able to win games close. They have to, they're not just going to blow everyone out and they're not going to blow the Cavs out, you know? Yeah, no, I, I talked to both an assistant coach last week and a player on a team that 
opposing teams against the Nets, and they both said the same thing to me. They both posed the same question of, after Kyrie and, and KD, who's the third guy you, that if they go off, you know, we really have to worry about that we being the, the opponent. And, uh, and I said, you know, probably Seth Curry said, yeah, but he's got a bad ankle. Like they, they kept knocking. Um, they kept knocking each answer because they, they essentially both said to me, you know, we're, we're not scared of anyone not named Katie or Kyrie. And it was interesting to me because, you know, you mentioned Joe Harris, this sounds like a 10 year old stat and not a one year old stat. But remember <laughs> yeah. last year, that the, when Joe Harris scored 20 more points, the Nets were like 13 and two or something like that. I'm forgetting the, the record off the top of my head, but he was the barometer for the yeah, offense. He 100% like was, when, yeah. when he when he went for 20 or more, they were nearly guaranteed to win. It meant that that he was the perfect thermometer for the offense. They don't have a guy like that this year because Joe Harris is hurt. Seth Curry's barely been with the team and has been resting the ankle as, as best he can. Patty Mills has had to play everything from lead primary scorer to point guard to first guy off the bench to second offensive option starting. Um, I just think that he's kind of tired and I don't think he, because of, you know, Joe, Joe Harris, the same role last year and was extremely reliable play, you know, healthiest main guy in the nets last year. Um, he was the perfect guy to kind of have that stat because he had the games played. It was consistent, et cetera. They don't have a guy you can even like quantitate that with. Um, so I, I definitely think that the, a, a major question when you talk about the offense is like, you look at tonight, for example, where Kevin Durant misses his first seven shots. Very uncharacteristic. Doesn't happen a lot. But Kyrie's yeah, had he choked. Tough- he choked in the final game of the season. Alex Schiffer just said it. Alex Schiffer just said Kevin Durant choked. Way to go, Alex. So he had a triple double. He did just fine. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you distracted me. But long story short, that when when if one or both of those guys have an offline in the playoffs, who steps up and scores? I don't know the answer. I don't know if anyone knows the answer. You know, Andre Drummond had a good night as a true five, but like what if the you know if Robert Williams were playing for the Celtics, that wouldn't be a surefire thing either. So I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. But yes, that that's that's a major problem. Yeah, so I, I do think I I know we can poo-poo uh, Seth Curry just because of the ankle, but you know, I'm ultra confident that if he's healthy enough, and I know I know we're under the assumption that he's not going to be very healthy, but I think he will be healthy enough to be able to have dynamic games, particularly later in the playoff run, even in that first first round series. Where like, you know, obviously it's going to be the Celtics, hopefully, and if not, it's Miami Heat. I still think he's that dynamic thing. I think Drummond is being discounted as as a. Like I, he's continually been discounted since he got that monster contract many years ago, and he basically becomes sort of the poster boy of not understanding analytics, right? Like he because he was so good at getting points and getting rebounds, and it led many people to believe that he was like this all-time great defensive player in a traditional sense. But like if you dug into the numbers, you realized oh, there's like not that much there compared to what you see as the counting stats. Um, but like tonight, what did he, he had a double, double in the first half, you know? And, yeah, he, and he, that he, is a, that is a big on this team as great as Jaron Allen was. And as bad as DeAndre Jordan was, they haven't had a big like that since Brooke Lopez and Brooke wasn't the rebounder that Drummond Brooks, a better player. Brooke at, a, at his peak was way better than Drummond, but they're, he's not the, the like, he wasn't the force that Drummond is sometimes around the bucket that 
you know, that, I mean, Drummond's just like a different beast from most guys in the league, frankly. Yeah. I, I agree with all that. I mean, he had, he's played great lately and, and the rebounding has been huge for them. He's a great low post scorer. Like I agree with all that. I'm just saying that like he's limiting his ability to take over a game because of his, of who he is as a player. You know what I'm saying? Seth Curry can score a little bit from all over. Um, Patty Mills a little bit too. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge, even though he hasn't played much lately, he's still got the mid range game and can shoot a bit like, his game, like I'm not knocking Drummond from a production standpoint. He's been great and needed, and he might be the unsung hero of the trade when it's all said and done. I'm just saying that he's limited in how he can help the team, and that that's the bigger yeah. concern. Well, let's do a quick break. Coming back, I do want to dig a little bit into the rotation, and also there's a big piece of the rotation that may change during the first round of the playoffs. We have to address it. I, I think you saw him in person today, this guy that I'm talking about. He was another element of that trade. We'll talk about it after the break. Come right up. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back, Alex. Playoff rotation. Now, the, Steve Nash had an extremely interesting rotation today. We're recording this on Sunday. Today against the Pacers. Eight players played. I think KD played 40 minutes. Yeah. In a he game against a team that should be taking. And, and Kyrie was 40. So it was so here's who was out, which is going to affect the playoff rotation. Goran was out, right? Still in protocols. Curry. Uncertain of his status for Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, and that's a really key point. So uncertain for Tuesday? Yes. Do we know has has there been any indication of how he is like health wise? Like is it he was oh, feeling bad at first that Saturday he tested positive and it was that way for a bit. And Steve Nash said he's made some progress the past few days, but he's still testing positive. So for context, because I do my job, ladies and gentlemen, boys yeah. and girls, I had asked Steve Nash a few days ago, I said before he was ruled out for this weekend's games, I said, you know, does he need a ramp up because he's coming back from illness and whatnot? Or could you just throw him in? He goes, ideally, you just throw him in. I mean, he's been healthy when he's been with us, et cetera. And his best ramp up, quote unquote, could be a game. But now, you know, he's been sick. He's been he's missed over a week. You know, I'll be curious to see. I mean, what's he what's he able to give them Tuesday or, or you know, whenever game one would be if they win? Um, or if it's, we're talking about the eight seed, you know, whatever, 
I'm, I, I don't know when his playing time would, would – I don't know when he would take the court just given how long he's been out and how the Nets tend to handle this stuff. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I'm sure you don't have at the tip of your fingers the exact uh, process for getting out of COVID protocol. I think it's just two negative tests. Yeah, and he hasn't been able to get that. I mean, technically, you know, when he first has a positive, I think if he had two negatives in 24 hours, he could have been out, but we're still waiting on that. Yeah, so uh, Goran's going to, so to me, Goran's a key piece going forward because I even think Nash talked about it before the game that Kyrie, he says Kyrie's better off the ball, that he, that it's really does, isn't good for Kyrie to be the main ball handler on the team, which I always thought, when I saw that, the quote was like, Kyrie's better off the ball. I was thinking, for, and this was mean. And so th- this is on me and not Alex. I was thinking of James Johnson. It's like, James Johnson is better off the team than not on the team, right? When you say someone's really good off ball, you're like, yeah, stay off ball, stay in the corner over. I know that's not what he meant for Kyrie, but it made me think of James, the dearly departed James Johnson, who God, he, he took all the heat from Nets Twitter and he didn't even get a good playoff run. You know, just gets you, cut. When I was tweeting about James Johnson have a non COVID illness, you would have thought that like, I was tweeting about the ice cream man coming to town on his own dime. <laughs> the way the way people mentioned my uh, were in my mentions. One thing on James Johnson, I will miss him in the sense of uh, very thoughtful guy. Whenever he would see me on the court uh, during pregame warmers, you know I don't bother guys with all that. You know they're doing their own thing. They're getting ready for work in a sense. In between jump shots, whatever he would always come over, shake my hand, say hi, how you doing, Alex? Everything good? Uh, Look at that. Nice, nice guy. Nice guy. I understand that uh, production wise. Uh, left some stuff to be desired there, but yeah. good guy. Why enjoyed working with us as, as a member of the media and the, the player media uh, interaction, relationship, all that good stuff. Horrible basketball player. Great guy. You know, just I actually, I liked James Johnson. Kind of like me. Kind of like me. Yeah. 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 I, I like James Johnson. I, I thought like, you know, and I, I realized um, there's so many limitations with him and like, you didn't know what you were going to get. The one thing I'm going to miss about him is that if they play the Bucks at all in the playoffs, like James Johnson's like an oddly effective guy against Giannis sometimes. Like, you know, it's like the classic James Johnson experience where it's like sometimes it looks pretty good. And other times you're like, what is happening? And I, he would have been a bigger body mobile guy that you throw at him. But obviously they, they wanted to convert Kessler Edwards. And this gets me back to Kessler Edwards. Kessler Edwards started tonight is he in the playoff rotation or do you think this is just like they had Curry out, they had Goron out, Ben Simmons may come back in the first round series, whoever that may be. Hopefully the Nets actually get to the real playoffs. Um, Do you think Kessler Edwards is a part of this rotation in the playoffs? I lean no right now, just because I think what we learned with Steve last year was that he, he keeps it every tight playoff rotation and he tends to play those he can trust. And you just look at what they would be at full strength. I mean, Kevin and Kyrie, Drummond, Nick Claxton, Goran Dragic, Seth Curry, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, Patty Mills. That You're gets you. To, that gets you to eight. He really doesn't go beyond nine, let alone. Did you 10. say Claxton? I did say Claxton. Yeah. So that's eight. Um, that's hold pretty, on, let me. I have the Ben Simmons. Forward. Ben Simmons in some capacity would be nine. And then, yeah, then so he played eight tonight and Cam Thomas got eight minutes of run. 
eight nine minutes a run. So yeah, and yeah I don't Cade, think I don't think Cam's in the rotation. Like unless they're no. desperate and there's injuries, obviously to ball handlers. I don't see Cam getting minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. So then, yeah, you have on the bench Seth Curry didn't play. Then well, I have, have an interesting guy on the bench who doesn't play at all anymore, but who used to be like the MVP of the team, which is Lamarcus Aldridge. What? Yes. The hell is going on with Lamarcus Aldridge in this? They they just seem to like two centers right now with the way what they're getting out of Claxton and uh drummond but it, it's fascinating to me because if you remember earlier in the season talking about the joe harris thermometer metaphor um sorry i was burping i ate yeah. everybody before i came on here um the Nets were 11 and, the i think it was 11 and 2 at one point when lamarcus aldridge scored in double figures for them like he was their early x factor in the season yeah and honestly he hasn't had a bad year he's just been hurt i mean when he's been healthy though he's been able to give them something Productive, you know, he's still got the mid-range shot. Um, I'm pulling up his numbers now. He's yeah, average. Well, like th- that's the thing. I, is he? So what I want to want, I wonder. Fifty-five percent from the floor. Yeah, there you go. Is he? Is he healthy? Or or because obviously he's back. He like you know the Nets. Typically, if you're back playing with the Nets, that means you're healthy because it seems like everyone has to be a hundred and ten percent health. Like they have to their physical condition. For, for you to play for the Nets has to be better than what it was pre-injury to get on the floor. <laughs> like this Ben Simmons saga where he's doing turnaround jumpers and Steve Nash is still saying that Ben isn't doing anything. Alex, b- break this down for people. You you and your brethren, you know, in the, in the reporting guild that covers the Nets, you ask Steve Nash every chance you get, how is Ben Simmons doing? It is your duty to do so. It is like you are a lifeguard and you have to have that whistle in your mouth. You have to be ready to go and jumping in that water. It is your duty to ask about Ben Simmons. And you do every time. And Steve Nash gets up there and says, he's not even doing one on zero. He doesn't move at all, blah, blah, blah. And then we see social media video from the team's account showing Ben Simmons shooting jumpers, making quick movements. What the hell is going on with Ben Simmons, man? What is Steve Nash saying and what are you seeing? Yeah, so first off, Steve Nash has not been the most uh, credible guy when it's come to injuries this year. He's a liar. Um, Another Alex Schiffer hot take. Called him a liar. Thanks. Well, I mean, he said, I, I, I don't think that's exactly a hot take. I mean, he said earlier in the season, we're not trading James Harden. Five hours later, James Harden was sitting down 995. <laughs> I mean, I don't really think that's a lying type deal. Um. But I, I think you look at the only guy who he's been honest with that where his words match the actions has actually been LaMarcus Aldridge this year. One point I asked him about LaMarcus, he said he's days, not weeks away, and LaMarcus played the next game. And then he said uh, LaMarcus is knocking on the door to return a few weeks ago, and he was active for that Sunday game. So to Steve's credit, that he's been honest on the LaMarcus Aldridge front. The Ben Simmons front, yeah, it's been a lot of, He's got a lot of hurdles and there's still a lot of benchmarks to clear. And he's not even, uh, you know, there's ramps. Don't forget uh, the ramps. You got to get the ramp up to the benchmark, up to the hurdle. You got to clear all those things. Yeah. Uh, One of the uh, ones the Nets beat, we've all joked about this, is when I asked Nash if Ben Simmons had an MRI and he goes, that's old news, man. To which we're all like, old news. He said, I mean, you didn't tell us when it happened clearly. So I, you <laughs> I didn't know, hear about that. That's hilarious. Yeah. I hear I literally, I've heard about that once every press conference, honestly, from a certain reporter, I'll leave him off the podcast, but, um, but 
with with Ben, you know, he was doing pregame routines. His, his pregame routine prior to today, Sunday, was passing the ball to Patty Mills and Nick Claxton in pregame warmups. He was getting some shots up and everything, but like he didn't look like this graceful athlete where I uh, I'm like, oh, my God, he's ready to suit up. You know, he, he was getting some shots up. Uh, Ryan Foran Kelly, assistant coach, player development coach was was working with him. But he still has a long way to go. It wasn't anything high intensity or whatnot. I mean, it was kind of like a going through the motions type deal to me. So he's he's at one on oh. If the Nets were to go through their entire benchmark checklist that I think will not be verbatim based if he's going to play in the middle of next week, potentially, um, it would be one on oh to one on one to three on three to multiple five on five to getting cleared. That calendar does not really line up unless he just, you know, I lost my metaphor, but like if no, he just starts healing, like, like it's a, a fast ramp, it's yeah, a fast like, ramp up like, well, a, yeah, like a God of some sort, then, then he could probably go through those actions. So I, I would common sense says if he were to be actually playing next week and we take today's reports for their word, the nets are not treating their usual ramp up process for Ben Simmons in this situation. Don't, I don't know how you come to any other conclusion. Stand, I can't stand the word ramp anymore. Like, uh, you know, I, I, when I go to the grocery store and my wife says, go pick up ramps, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to get any kind of other root vegetable. It's not going to be ramps. And I think ramp is a root vegetable. You can at me on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Uh, here's what Sham Sharania, our colleague, friend of the show, reported that this is what he said. There's optimism, net star, Ben Simmons. It's so weird to to see him as Nets star because it doesn't feel real yet. He's he's great on the on the sidelines, looks great in suits and stuff like that. Uh, ben Simmons couldn't make his debut during the first round of the NBA playoffs as long as his progression continues in strengthening his legs, ugh, another part of the body, and back. Simmons has been ramping up his workload and is expected to continue doing so. Uh, Woj had a little bit of another take, which was, that it's a possibility Simmons could be like a 10 to 15 minute player in that first round series. Um, I think Woj and Shams both said that Simmons's pain is I don't know if he's been pain free, but they act like his pain tolerance has been pretty good. Here's what I'll talk about your ramps to benchmarks to hurdles path, right? Where we're worried about, okay, if you lay out, you have to do three on three and then five on five then five on five and then whatever, you know? All that stuff, we have to do one-on-one first. But it's that the whole problem is pain management, right? And the headline from ESPN, I'm reading it right now, Ben Simmons' pain-free progress fuels hope, right? So if it's pain and he tomorrow he feels fine after doing his turnaround jumpers, and then he's like, I can go against a human. Let me, let me go against Marcus Zigorowski or someone, some human that's somewhat on the roster. And he feels fine after that day. Like the thing is, if, if all the, if he has no pain, then it could be a very fast ramp. It's not going to be a play in. He's not playing against Cleveland, but you know what I mean? Like, and, and obviously he's to get his legs under him, all that bullshit that they, you know, talk about, but 10 minutes, 10 minutes, I could, I could play 10 minutes in a basketball, a basketball game right now. You know, like this is not, how hard is that? Come on, bet he can he can get out there. Yeah, you know it's funny. I forget if I heard this on the glue guys or oh, uh, or the uh, the it was just a conversation the Nets beat was having. But we had said a couple weeks ago if it, I didn't hear it on the glue guys 
that the goal for Ben Simmons, if he can't make a full-time return, is to get James Johnson's minutes in the rotation. That's I, I would have said that, yeah. Okay. But I think everyone has said that, so I yeah, won't even take yeah. the credit. So uh, I, I'm just trying to give credit words to proper attribution as a reporter. But, uh, but well, James Johnson's gone, so that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think 10 to 15 minutes is fair. I think the question is, We've talked about the offense. I don't think the offense, I don't really care what he could give them on offense. I don't think it, it really matters. If he could give Jason Tatum or, well, he's not playing two. So yeah, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, 10 to 15 good minutes of defense. And you almost time his minutes with theirs for a while. And he can get some stops on them. I think that that's all that they could ask for. I mean, same thing in the if they were to get beyond that and get Giannis. Um, oh, we, we got something going on. Oh, Alex is just muted and talking very. It, it's okay. Do you need a second? I, I'm being too loud. Apparently, well, we're was that Sean Marks? Anyway, it was. It was, <laughs> it was no, no I will not. Hard. No. Um, but yeah, so. I love I love this. We'll do a Masters uh, announcing Jim Nance podcast. You can just be very. You don't have to. Don't yell, Alex. Don't yell. Okay, yeah, <laughs> people yeah. are so, sleeping in your house. So, so. <laughs> I can't hear you. What are you saying, Alex? Say so, what do you? This so, is a so podcast. If, you can't if, whisper. If, if he can give them ten to fifteen good <laughs> minutes of defense a game, yes, then. I think it could go a long way. The offensive part to me does not matter as much as it relates to their chase for a championship. I agree. And the thing that is so exciting about the possibility of Ben Simmons is the defense, the extra rebounding, and the possibility of, let's say, three to four more fast break possessions on offense that you don't get from, you know, James Johnson or anyone else, right? Like, and, and he, I don't think he's running the break. The th- like the ultimately, if he's <laughs> if he has these back issues still or whatever, and he's coming back to full strength or whatever the process is that's going to get him to be playing basketball, there's still going to be a ramp to the, the 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 hurdle in the benchmark, like you talked about, while he's playing for this team. You know, so it, like in the let's say he comes back in that first round. It's gonna. It's still gonna. We're not getting thirty-five a minute Ben Simmons until maybe the Eastern Conference Finals if we even get there, right? So, but he does things that no one else in this team does. The fast break, what we talked about, the rebounding from a non-center position. I mean, Katie does obviously rebounding from a non-center position. Bruce Brown does that too, and then the defense. But the defense, I do worry about if you're coming back to health. It's really hard to be good on defense. Um, do you have to go soon? Or well, how much okay? more do we have to do? I also have a stat for you. You mentioned the fast break opportunities. Tell me. Um, in his final three seasons in Philadelphia, he was perhaps the best preeminent driver of transition play because the Sixers played about 4.5% more often with him on the floor in transition than with him off, which the math works out to one extra fast break possession per quarter. So that could be an eight-point swing in a game, potentially. And, and, and those are obviously fast-break possessions by nature or high-percentage plays. This team, 
the problem with the offense, so if you look on Cleaning the Glass, shout out Cleaning the Glass, and they obviously have the, the very beautiful last two weeks, just quick profile that you can look at. The Nets over the last two weeks, a team that has Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on it, is the 13th best offense in the NBA over the last two weeks, right? Like those two guys have been playing the last two weeks. Uh, the Nets defense is actually 10th right now in the NBA, but that's partly the fact that they've been playing some shitty teams, I think. But 13th in offense, that obviously not elite, not an elite offensive team. They were eighth this season in offense, um, just points per game, the basic metric. And why that is is because, you know, and everyone's talking about this, the Nets make are, are the least efficient in terms of where they take their shots on the floor. They're probably like the anti-analytical team now because they have Kevin Durant, who is the greatest mid-range shooter of all time, and Kyrie Irving, one of the greatest mid-range shooters of all time as well himself. They don't get to the bucket. They don't get to the free throw line. And they don't shoot as many threes as other teams do. So what you end up doing is every shot has a super high uh, level of difficulty. The Nets can hit them because they have Kyrie and Kevin Durant. But a guy like Ben Simmons can give you some give you those eight to twelve points per game that come via fast break. They come via like offensive rebound dunk putbacks. Drummond has done some of that, a lot of that too, in terms of the putback stuff. Like he can give you easy buckets. Obviously, you don't want him going to the free throw line because that's just a, a torture chamber for him. Um, but the he can help you get easy buckets where there's not like we talked about this before. You talked about Seth Curry or Drummond, like who's the guy on who's the third guy on the team that can kind of create offense. Ben's not going to do that for you in the half court necessarily, but he can create offense through the course of a game by getting that rebound, taking it to the full length of the floor, and then be passing out to a shooter or someone else. Um before we go, because I mean we can talk about a million different things, but I do want to get you your take on this. Okay. There are three paths for the Nets. One of them involves not being in the playoffs. One of them involves losing this play-in game and then the next game and being gone. So we'll put that aside for now. For the two probably realistic paths, the seventh seed, which is if they win on Tuesday night, they get to become the seventh seed, or the eighth seed, which is if they lose on Tuesday night and then beat the team that won in the 9-10 game. Here are the paths. If you're seventh seed, you play the Celtics, and you either play the Bucks or Bulls, and then it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Or if you're the eighth seed, it's Heat, and either the 76ers or Raptors, and then the Eastern Conference Finals. Alex, which path is a better path? We were playing Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played that before, but I'm Same. assuming there they are paths. What path do you want to go down? I would prefer if I was the Nets. Miami and then Philly or Toronto if it was going to be Philly because if it's Toronto well that's what I'm saying I think so, we need to account for that so I don't dude I don't think anybody is talking about how dangerous the Raptors could be just because of that I mean you're not the the Sixers aren't going to have Matisse Tybel their best defender in that series um James Harden leaves a lot to be desired on that side of the ball so I, I I don't think enough people talk about the noise Toronto can make because of all that. But anyway, the Bucks to me are the biggest threat to the Nets that who can take them out. Obviously, they, they've been there before and they just have more weapons in the Nets, in my opinion, more reliable weapons. Um, I could easily see the Nets upsetting the Celtics, if you want to call it an upset, just by seeding. 
in the first round. And then maybe that taking so much energy to where Milwaukee, um, Milwaukee takes them out in the next round. On the other end, if the Celtics, excuse me, if the Sixers can survive Toronto, I could see them as being the Heat, and I could see them definitely being the Sixers in the next round. I think that's the clear path to the conference finals. But again, if the Raptors were to take out the Sixers, which would not surprise me, um, then I think it ends there. Because you're asking Kevin Durant to carry the Nets against defensive genius Nick Nurse without Kyrie Irving for the majority of games in that series. Yeah, I think I think only because of the unvaccinated Kyrie Irving and the possibility that the Raptors may be there. I'm sure the 76ers are going to be favored in the series, Probably not by a ton. I don't trust them. It's closer than the experts think to steal from Lee Corso. But because of the possibility that if they got to the second round and it's the Raptors, if you're the Nets, I still would rather be the seventh seed. And I know how dangerous the Celtics are. I know how dangerous the Bucks are. But to me, we did this like playoff opponent ranking things. And I put the Raptors as the scariest Eastern Conference playoff opponent. Because if you don't have Kyrie, you're going to lose every game in Toronto, basically. Um, I, I do think it's extremely interesting. The 76ers, it's a really bad matchup for them to play the Raptors because what the Raptors have is a ton of length that they can throw at James Harden. James Harden is going to have an awful series, which is going to just make Philly fans so excited. And, and But they have no one to guard Embiid. The Raptors don't. So Embiid could have you know 50 points and 20 rebounds. You still need to score like 110 to win a game. So where where's Philly going to get the remaining, even if Embiid scores 50 a night, which he's not, where are they going to get the remaining 60 points, particularly if Harden's diminished? Paul Millsap. And DeAndre about, Jordan. Paul Reed. Paul Reed. Uh, I'm, a, who, I'm a big Paul Reed fan. I'll, I've always, always been. Yeah, us, John us two and John are, are yeah. good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show. Um, real quick. Okay. So we, we say Celtics. So uh, – Say yes or no, the Nets are going to win the championship. Yes or no? No. Alex. No. Okay. Well, this is a great show. Hey, great season, everyone. Um, no, Alex, thank you for joining me. I'm sorry you got so animated that you got admonished. But um, I'm happy you got yelled at because you brought that energy for the show, and it means a lot. So thank you for doing this. I know you're tired. Uh, rest up, and then, you know, you get a nice long playoffs, I hope. I hope we all get great basketball in front of us who uh, who knows the next time i'll be on the show everyone so thank you for having me while i uh while i <laughs> while, I, while i'm able to all right thanks R- man. brian my uh my pen pal i'll see you soon sometime <laughs> all right that was uh the bk glue guys check us out on twitter at bk glue guys we are the glue guys um and we are with the athletic go to theathletic.com slash glue guys or Go on to Alex's Twitter, which is Alex underscore underscore Schiffer, one of the best Twitter names in the biz. Uh, just click on any story of his, and you'll get there'll be a nice promo code there if you're not a subscriber and become a subscriber. It's a great way to help the cause. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.